Hey guys, I'm Pastor Jason Shirley. I'm the associate pastor right here at Word of Life Church in Carlsbad, New Mexico. And I'm really excited that you have joined us today online. Just a couple of things. I want you to drop us a line if you're watching wherever in the world and let us know where you're watching from. We would love to hear from you. Second, if you want to partner with us today in a financial way, then you can give by texting 84321 and just text your amount, or you can go to our website, wolcarlsbad.com, and you can click the Give tab and give that way. The last thing today is that if you have any needs or anything like that that we can partner with you on, then drop us a line and send us that, and we're going to partner with you in prayer. I believe today is going to be a wonderful day. I want you to open up your heart to receive from the Word of God today and always remember that God is madly in love with you. Let's get to the service. Amen. I believe God's got some great things in store for you today. Hallelujah. I've got a word that's been burning in my spirit. I've just returned from, from sabbatical and... and uh, uh, the Spirit of God really began to stir up some things that that I knew, but He began to breathe some fresh revelation into those things. And I have been chomping at the bit to share with you today. Praise God. Praise God. So today is Friends Day at Word of Life. So that being said, because of the occasion, I want you to... I want you to look around, and if you see somebody you don't know, go make a new friend. Let's, let's, let's just move around a little bit. It's okay. And uh, if you see someone you don't know, go introduce yourself and, uh, and, and make a new friend because that's what Friends Day is about. Hallelujah. Welcome our new friends, and uh, thank you all for coming today, and uh, how many of you made a block party last night? Praise God. Um, you know, it, it, we, we do these things to reach out to our neighborhoods, to reach out to our, our community, and to, uh, to, to let those that we live next door to sometimes that we don't even maybe talk to. And uh, to, to let them know that, that God is madly in love with them and we're madly in love with them. And, and uh, you know, God's got good things for their life. And, uh, you know, I know a lot of your, your neighbors, they have their own churches to go to, and that's fine. But I bet you've got some that don't. And, uh, you know, so that, that's kind of what this is all geared towards. Praise God. And so uh, I want you to notice that when you came in, maybe you did notice, there's a, uh, a new addition to our foyer out here. And there's a table there that's got some of these uh, 
Bibles, in case you didn't recognize that. But uh, Bibles on the table, they're just stacked up there. And um, uh, the idea is, if you don't have a Bible, take one. That, that's what they're there for. And uh, so we, we will be adding a sign to that that says that, but uh, uh, we're not able to get that done, but we got the Bibles out there. So today, if you don't have a Bible, there's some out there, take one. You don't have to ask for it. Just pick it up and take it with you and open it up and start reading it. Now, don't just take it and throw it under the seat of your car. Uh, that sounds like something Jason would say. But, uh, you know, it doesn't do you any good that way. It, or he would say don't throw it under there with your French fries. Um, but uh, anyway, take a Bible, read it, praise God, bring it to church with you. You need to have a Bible at church, praise God. And then it is not very often that, that I recommend stuff, but when I do, it's because I, I feel that it's extremely important. And um, some of you have already seen it on, on Facebook because I posted it there. But this little book right here called Identification by E.W. Kenyon. Um, I read this book 40 years ago when I was in Bible school. It was required reading. And uh, it's like 68 pages in this one. Uh, um, and, and we read this as, as uh, part of our assignment for, for Bible school. But at the time I read this, I was not equipped to understand what's in it. And it wasn't like it was uh, pointless. I got some things out of it, and, and I learned some things from it. And I tucked some things away that Holy Spirit began to give me revelation about at a later date and time. Um, but now, having been a preacher of, of the gospel of grace for 10-plus years, um, I went back to this book and... So much made so much sense that, that I did not comprehend last time I read it. And uh, so I would encourage you, uh, Kay checked on this the other day, and they are available. They can be purchased. And, uh, you know, sometimes older books are out of, uh, out of print, but uh, this one's still available. And what did you tell me the, the price Three dollars and twelve cents. So we'll just round that up to four bucks. Uh, if you want one, let Kay know, and, and we'll get you one. But I encourage. I, I I think every believer ought to read Identification by E. W. Kenyon. E. W. Kenyon. If you're not familiar with him, he was one of the one of the old time. Uh, Bible teachers uh, in the 30s and 40s, 50s, um, and uh, went to be with Jesus. But uh, the revelation he had was so far ahead of his day. And, uh, you know, this, this is some of the stuff that I haven't heard anyone really preaching until the last 10 years or so. And, uh, uh so anyway, like I said, when, when I recommend something, it, it's for a good reason. And so I highly recommend that you get this little book and, and read it. In fact, 
if you don't want to order the book, I found it on, on YouTube, actually, as an audio book. So if that, if that works better for you, then uh, I've been listening to it uh, in the car. And, uh, you know, in fact, that's kind of good because you get these little bite-sized pieces that you can meditate on and listen to it again the next time you're in a car and the next time and just over and over and over again. See, that's how you build God's Word into your spirit. Praise God. By being repetitive and being deliberate and being consistent about it. Hallelujah. So, anyway, that being said, we're going to dig into the message today that I have been so excited about uh, about sharing with you. And uh, so, how many have your Bible? There's one out in the foyer if you don't. <laughs> anyway, let's, let's hold our Bibles up. Praise God. Praise God. And it's okay if you hold your phone up. Yeah, that's, that's all right because I understand that's where your Bible is. Okay? So, anyway, let's say this together. Say, Father, I thank you for your word. Your word is spirit and life to me. I believe with all my heart that your word sown in good ground produces good fruit father i am good ground for the word i'm a doer of the word not a hearer only and i am blessed in my deeds and i rejoice today father because you sent the holy spirit to reveal truth to me so i call on you today holy spirit to cause the truth that is shared today to come alive in my heart. I'll receive it, act upon it, be changed by it, and I will never be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, let's dig in today. Um, you can go ahead and, and uh, turn to Hebrews, the seventh chapter. And uh, I'm going to share some principles of identification. Not necessarily out of the book, but along the, the that kind of in that in that same flow, and uh, I want you to know what Jesus did for you at the cross, what He did for you at the cross, and um, you know there was a a a passage of scripture, you know that. Uh, that we're going to refer to out of Hebrews, the seventh chapter, but it, it really opens up some things, and we're going to dig in and talk about this. But I want you to think about this. Um, how many of you have ever thought, maybe you, just, maybe you just had this thought, maybe you never said it, but you just had this thought, it's kind of unfair that what Adam did messed me up. Anybody ever thought that? that? That what, you know, Adam ate of this fruit that God had told him not to eat of. And because he did that, I messed up because of that. And, you know, I've thought that. And, uh, you know, I kind of begin to understand some principles why. But, uh, you know, uh, that, that his sin was passed down because, you know, through his, his, his lineage, you know, through, and, and we were all the offspring of Adam, and I got that. But, 
the other night, I was just meditating on these things as I was in the shower. And the Spirit of God, he just said this. He said, if you murdered someone, let's say you murdered a young man that had not yet fathered children. He said, you didn't just murder that guy. You murdered every one of his lineage after him because they will never be. You, you wiped out not just one individual, but every potential for offspring that he ever had, you wiped that off the face of the earth. And he said, why? Because every one of his offspring were in him. Now, we're going to be talking about being in him today, being in Christ. But So I want you to get familiar with that term and understand what it means. If, you know, if, we, if, if this man dies, every one of his offspring were in him, so they will never be. Now, when we start to think back about that, you were in Adam. That's why what Adam did affected you. The Bible says that death reigned and it says even over those who had not sinned according to the similitude of Adam. It says, but uh, death came into the world because, and, and it, uh, it affected all men because all sinned. Now, I think that we could probably, every one of us in this room, could admit to at least one sin. Is there anybody in here that you don't admit that you've ever had even a single sin? Okay. I only see one hand, and he's now guilty. <laughs> um, but every single one of us, we could admit to at least one sin. Uh, one sin, and when I say sin in that in that context, I'm talking about a sinful act. But the Bible says that all have sinned. And come short of the glory of God. It says that that death came because of sin, and it says, for all sinned. So I was I, I I've thought before, you know, in the question that I posed earlier, I thought about, well, if uh, I didn't eat that fruit. But I'm going to show you, how many, how many of you would say, I didn't eat that fruit? I didn't. So some of you did. All right. So, okay. I should be seeing every single hand. <laughs> because you say, well, I didn't eat that fruit. But according to God's word, you did. Now I'm going to show you how it was that you ate 
that fruit. And how it was that, that you are not innocent. I had to turn to Hebrews chapter 7. Look at this. Verse number 9. And, and I, before I read this, I need to give you just a little bit of background on this, on this scripture. In the book of Genesis, we find the story of Abraham was at the time of, of the, the story that we're going to talk about. He was known as Abram because he had not yet entered into that covenant with God where he changed his name to Abraham. Uh, so he was known as Abram at that time. But um, Abram had a nephew by the name of Lot. And uh, one day, five kings, they, they gathered together and uh, they went, on, uh, went out to battle and they attacked Sodom and Gomorrah, and Lot was living there at that time, and, and uh, they took Lot as a prisoner of war. When Abram heard about it, he gathered together an army of his household servants, and he pursued these kings, and he defeated them and rescued Lot, took back the spoils of the battle, and the, the scripture says that when he returned from the battle with all the spoils, it says that uh, Melchizedek came out to meet him. Now, Melchizedek is a type of Christ. Melchizedek, was, it says, is the king of Salem, which means peace. In fact, Salem was actually prehistoric uh, Jerusalem. And so uh, Melchizedek is the king of Salem, and, which means the king of peace. Jesus is known as the prince of peace. And uh, he says he is the priest of the most high God. But he has no, Melchizedek has no genealogy. Nobody knows who his father or mother were. Nobody knows what happened to him after uh, this. He appears again in the book of Hebrews, uh, and uh, the writer of Hebrews talks about him there. But Jesus is a priest according to the order of Melchizedek. Why? Because Jesus has no beginning or end. He has always been, without beginning of days and without end of days. Praise God. He is a priest forever. Jesus is not a priest according to the Levitical priesthood, but he's a priest according to the Melchizedek priesthood. Uh, and so uh, if, if Jesus, if he had been here on earth, Jesus, the scripture says, he would not have been a priest because the Levitical priesthood was was. Uh, under the law, the Levites became the priests. Now, the Levites were the, the descendants of Levi, who was the son of uh, Jacob, or, or Israel, uh, as he is also known, who was the son of Isaac, who was the son of Abram. And so, um, here we see um, Levi, in the book of Hebrews, 
It, it says that when Melchizedek came out, that, that Abram gave him a tithe of all. He gave him a tenth of all the spoils of the battle. And, and by doing that, he was lifting his hand to the Most High God and saying, he, God is the one who made me rich. And, and, and he was acknowledging God for the victory that he had in this battle. And so he gives Melchizedek a tithe of all. Uh, and this was three generations before Levi was born. Three generations before Levi was born. Yet we see in the book of Hebrews, let's read this, verse number, uh, verse number 9, chapter 7, verse number 9, even Levi, who receives tithes, paid tithes through, Ab uh, through Abraham, so to speak. For he was still in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him. Now, when Abraham paid tithes, Levi, like I said, was, was still three generations away from being, from being born. And yet, notice what it said. Now, now when uh, um, it says that, he, that Levi receives tithes, Levi was the, was the patriarch of the Levitical priesthood. And so um, the priest, under the law, their inheritance was the tithe from the other tribes. And that was their, that was their inheritance. That was their, their livelihood. They lived from the tithe. And uh, that's where we get our modern-day pattern that uh, uh, those that minister the gospel live by the gospel. Um, and so... Um, he says that, uh, you know, Levi, though his lineage later on would, would receive tithes, yet that day when Abram gave a tithe to Melchizedek, Levi paid tithes. That's what it said. I didn't say it's like Levi paid tithes. I didn't say that Abram's tithes were counted to Levi. No, it says Levi paid tithes, though he wasn't born yet. The reason he paid tithes was because he was in the loins of Abram when Abram paid tithes. Now, we could preach about generations right here, and, and, and that would be a per perfectly uh, acceptable place to go with this, but that's not where we're going, actually. Um, but I want you to understand that, that if he paid tithes, though he was not yet born, just simply by virtue of the fact that he was in the loins of his great-great-grandfather, Abram, think about this. You and I, every single one of us, we were all in the loins of Adam when Adam ate the fruit. So what Adam did... We did because we were in him. Does that make sense to anybody? Yeah. You know, and, and, and when I begin to understand it like that and begin to see it like that, now some other scriptures begin to open up that's just going to blow your mind. And 
You know, you can't receive it with your mind. You're going to have to receive it with your heart. Just say this with me. Say, Holy Spirit, open my heart to receive. I know I'm not going to get this with my head. I'm going to have to get it with my heart. Praise God. So open your heart today. Get this. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse number 22. It says, for as in Adam all die. The, God told Adam, he said, it, it, don't eat from this tree in the midst of the garden, for in the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. Now, we know he did not die physically that day. He began to die physically, and eventually he did die physically. But that day, he died spiritually. Now, just like I talked about, if you murdered someone, every offspring that he, would, that he would ever have died with him. Adam, because he died spiritually, every offspring that Adam would ever have died with him that day in the Garden of Eden. Now, let's go back to this. He says, for in Adam all die. But notice what he says next. Even so, in Christ, all shall be made alive. That's talking about everybody who is in Christ is made alive because you are in Christ. Now, when all died... That meant you were separated. The word death or, or die uh, in biblical terms does not mean to cease to exist. It refers to a separation. You died to sin. That didn't mean you ceased to exist. It meant that you became separated from sin. And, uh, you know, you, when you died spiritually... You became separated from the Father of spirits. Praise God. And so, um, you know, here all in, that were in Adam died, which was every single one of us. But then God was unwilling to accept that as the final word. Aren't you thankful? That God, because he's a father and he loves you, he was unwilling to accept that as the final word. He was unwilling to say, well, that's just the way it is. Too bad for them. You know, God was not willing to accept that. And he already had a plan of redemption to reverse that situation. And now you and I, we have a choice to make. Are we going to be in Adam, or are we going to get out of Adam and into Christ? Amen. Praise God. You, you're not in both. Contrary to, to what some teach, you don't have a dual nature. You don't have an old nature. In a, you had an old nature, but that old man, according to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 17, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed 
away. And all things have become new. And all these new things are of God who has reconciled us to himself by Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. So you now have a choice to get out of Adam and into Christ. Now, some th things begin to change when you get into Christ. You're not who you used to be. All right? So if, if you're not who you used to be, then stop acting like you're who you used to be. Praise God. Stop thinking like you're who you used to be. You are a new creation in Christ. And the new creation that you are is of God. Praise God. Whoever you were before, whatever you were before, that's not who you are anymore. Hallelujah. And if we can get a hold of this, you see, that law that we thought was so unfair... The Adam's sins passed down to you and me. You know, that law we thought was so unfair is the very law that God used to redeem you. It's the very law that God used to put you into Christ, to change you, to make you a new creation, to make you his son or daughter. It's the very same law that he used. So if you're upset about that law, well, get glad. Praise God. Because now that law put you in Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, get this. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 should already be there. Verse number 49. It says, For as we have borne the image of the man of dust. Who's that? The man of dust. Adam. We have borne the image of of the man of dust. We shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. Who's that? Jesus. Jesus. That's Christ. Praise God. In Adam, back to verse 22, in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. Hallelujah. 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 So this is how God did it. This was the plan of God. Hallelujah. You know, th this is why you, in Romans chapter 10, it says, that it says, it says, do not say who will ascend into heaven to bring Christ down from above. Why? He already came down from above. Who will descend into the abyss to bring him up from the dead? Why? Because he already rose from the dead. It says, but the word of faith is near you in your mouth and in your heart. It says, this is the word of faith that we preach, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. See, it is what you believe that changes everything. Jesus did this. In fact, I'm going to show you, Jesus actually became you. He did that, and if you, if you can believe that, praise God, and you're willing to verbally acknowledge that, then you get out of Adam and into Christ. Hallelujah. Out of Adam, I mean, you know, we're so upset with Adam. I mean... 
Adam is probably in protective custody <laughs> because there are so many people that want to hurt Adam. Um, and, and so, you know, thank God when, when you get to heaven, you say, well, Adam won't be there. Well, you might be surprised. But, uh, uh, you know, when you get to heaven, uh, you're going to have to forgive Adam. All right? Anybody think you can do that? I, I believe you can. I believe you will. Praise God. You'll forgive Adam. And, uh, uh, you know, and so anyway, what, uh, when you acknowledge what Jesus did, then you get out of Adam and into Christ. Praise God. Now, let's go on. Let's see what happens when you're in Christ. <clears throat> Romans chapter 3, verse 23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Adam paid, uh, or Levi paid tithes. We, we established this, this principle. Notice what it says in Romans chapter 5, verse number 12. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, thus death spread to all men because all sinned, because we were all in Adam. Now, jump to Galatians. Go to Galatians, chapter 2, verse number 20. I have been, notice, have been is what tense? Past. I have been. See, a lot of people are expected to be crucified with Christ. And, uh, you know, I mean, not, not, not literally, but, but that's, the, that's the way their mentality is, that somehow I've got to, uh, you know, I've got to suffer for, you know, he suffered for me, so I've got to suffer for him. And, and, and there's, there's something to, I'm not going to totally discount that because there, there are some things that we are expected to be will. You know, there are those who laid down their life for the cause of the gospel. And uh, uh, I know some people that, that would have said, well, that was unnecessary and they, they weren't in faith. Baloney. Do you know how much faith it takes to go into uh, to allow yourself, knowing that all you have to do to get out of this is deny Jesus. And yet, if you don't deny Jesus, they're going to throw you in, a, in, in a, an arena with hungry lions, and people are going to cheer and, 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 and shout and clap while the lions rip you to shreds. And all you have to do to prevent that from happening is deny Jesus. Do you want to say those people were out of faith? No, 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 they were not. That, that is amazing faith. And so I'm not saying that there is no such thing as suffering with Jesus. But, uh, but I'm talking about you don't have to suffer with Jesus in order to be saved. You don't have to suffer with Jesus in order to, be, to receive your healing, to receive the good things that God has provided for you. You don't have to suffer with Jesus in order to, to, to receive what Jesus has done for you. 
say, well, why did those people suffer? They suffered for the propagation of the gospel. They suffered because they were identified with Jesus and they refused to deny him. That's why they suffered with Jesus. Praise God. And the Bible says that all who will live godly in this world will suffer persecution. It didn't say might. It said will. All who will live godly. Who wants to live godly? Maybe not after I read that scripture. But, but uh, all who will live godly in this world, the Bible says, will suffer persecution. Praise God. Praise God. So get ready for it. If you haven't already, you will. You will. But notice this. In 2 Corinthians, or not 2 Corinthians, in Galatians chapter 2, uh, verse number 20. I have been crucified with Christ. I have been crucified with Christ. This law of identification has joined you to the Lord. And so you were there on the cross. And we thought about it this way. You know, and we try to soften things down and water things down so we can grasp it and understand it with our little pea brain. But there is a, an amazing truth here that you're not going to get with your brain. You're going to get it by revelation of the Spirit of God. Praise God. That's the only way you're going to get it. Because you can't comprehend, I can't comprehend how that I could be in Christ. I can't comprehend how that I hung on the cross 2,000 years before I was born. Because I'm now in Him. Hallelujah. So that puts the fact that I am in Christ... And I am in Christ because of a choice that I made to accept what he did for me. Put me in him, which put me on the cross. The wages of sin is death. And we've always, we've said it like this because we're trying to get it in a, in a, in a format that our brain can get. And we say, well, you know, he died in my place. When in reality, he died as me. Well, it was, it was like I was hanging. No, you were hanging there. If you were in him, you were hanging there on the cross. The wages of sin is death. Well, he paid the penalty of death for me. No, he paid the penalty of death as me. I was there. I paid the death penalty. It was administered upon his body, but I was in him. So I have paid the death penalty. Now, the reason this is important is because as long as you're thinking, well, he paid it for me, well, you're thinking if I disappoint him or upset him, then I'm going to have to pay it. 
It'll no longer count towards me. But when you understand you were there, you can't unpay it. No one who has ever paid the death penalty can unpay the death penalty. You were there. You paid the penalty. Now, I've got some... I, I wasn't sure when I was going to do this. Uh, in this sermon, I knew I was going to do it somewhere along the line. But um, this picture right here is Jesus. This one says you. Now... Here's what happened. Both of these, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about the picture itself. I'm talking about the contents of the picture. This is Jesus. This is you. And here's what happened. Jesus came, and he poured himself into me. He became me. But because he became me, I became him. Now, let, let's go ahead and do all this. He became me. I became him. Now, where am I? If I ask you to come up here and take you out of here and put you back in here, could you do it? You know, we are so completely and totally joined to the Lord that you and Jesus can no longer be separated. Hallelujah. Now, the reason I've got the third picture, this one says the world. Here's what he wants you to do now. You and Jesus to the world. Praise God. Now, we've got that. You can't separate. You know, it's, it's done now. Before I poured them out of the pictures, we could say, this is Jesus, this is you. But the moment I poured them together, we could no longer separate the Jesus and the you. And notice, you didn't get just part of Jesus. I didn't pour just part of it in there. Pour all of it in there. Because you got all of Jesus. Hallelujah. And he got all of you. And you became merged together in, in one. Now let's read these scriptures with that visual image. Galatians chapter 2 verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live but Christ in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Notice what it says. I live by the faith of the Son of God. Not faith in the Son of God. The faith of the Son of God. It's His faith. So you say, well, I just don't have enough faith for that. It's okay. Jesus does. And where's He? He's in you. You're in him. You're one together. You're joined together. So do you have enough faith? Well, yeah, because we're one. He has enough faith. It's his faith. Praise God. 
Colossians chapter 3, verse number 1. If you then were raised with Christ, get that, you were raised with Christ. Not only were you crucified with him, you died with him. And as says you were raised with Christ, he says, because of that, seek those things which are above, not things that are on the earth. You were raised with Christ. Seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Who's sitting at the right hand of God? And where are you? In Christ. So where are you? At the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above. Not on things on the earth. For you died. Didn't say it's like you died. Didn't say he died and it was counted to you as if you did. That's the way we've said this. Because we're trying, I'm, I'm not being critical of that. But we're just trying to grasp something with our finite mind that, that our mind can't comprehend. I died with him. The Bible says, reckon yourself dead. Now, that word reckon, you know, I used to understand that word as consider myself as though I'm dead. That's not what that word means. It is a very decisive, very absolute, very firm. If I reckon myself dead, I am dead. Praise God. He says, back, back to Colossians chapter 3, you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Just like we poured into the picture, your life is hidden with Christ in God. Hallelujah. You, Romans chapter 6, verse number 4 says this, you were buried. Therefore, we were buried. Not like we were buried. Not something like being buried. Not he was buried in our for us. No, you were buried with him through baptism into death. Now, Get this out of your head because some people think that anytime you say baptism, they immediately think of water. Water baptism is only a picture, only a, a, only a type of what actually happened. Water baptism is not a bath. You don't get baptized in water to get cleaned up, otherwise we'd use soap. Uh, you know, it's, it's, not about, it's not about taking a bath. Water baptism is a burial. And it really, when we do water baptism, it is a picture of the burial. You were actually buried with him 2,000 years ago. 
You were buried with him. And water baptism is a show to the world what happened to you. Praise God. So get this. You were buried with him through baptism into death. Just as Christ was raised. So if Christ was raised, but you've been baptized into him or joined to him or poured into him so you are in him when he was raised what happened to you you were raised we're talking about irreversible stuff here we're talking about stuff that can't be changed can't be undone you can't get out of christ once you have been poured into him Hallelujah. Now, here's what he says. Just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Because of what happened to you, now there is a new life that you need to live. And it's the same life that he lives. It is the life of Christ that you live. Praise God. Colossians chapter 1, verse number 12. Buried with him in baptism in which you were raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. He raised him from the dead and you are in him. So he raised you from the dead. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 6. And he raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now the Bible tells us clearly where he's seated. He is sitting at the right hand of the Father. So you are sitting at the right hand of the Father. That's why you can turn to the Father and fellowship with the Father. Communicate with the Father. The Father will meet your needs. Do you think that the Father answers Jesus' prayer? So what about yours? Well, well God just hadn't answered my prayer yet. Really? Actually, he answered your prayer before you prayed it. Praise God. You are sitting in Christ at the right hand of the Father. You have an up-close and personal audience with Father God. You say, well, I'm, I'm, you're crazy. I'm sitting in this room. We're talking about the difference in physical and spiritual. Praise God. Spiritually, you are in Christ. Now, you still got this carnal, earthly, fleshly body that you live in, but spiritually, you have been immersed into Him and made one with Him. 
And if you can ever get this, now let me ask you this question. Why do you think that the Apostle John said, as he is, so are we in this world? Why do you think he said that? Because as he is, so are we in this world. Praise God. That's why he said that. Yet we still get on this. It's like, you know, as he is, we're kind of like that in this world. And that's the way we think because we can't wrap our mind around it. But you said when we started this morning, you're going to open your heart and let the Spirit of God reveal it to your heart. Praise God. So when you get this in your heart and you begin to understand, is Jesus sick as he is? So are we where? In this world. Is Jesus poor? So are we where? Well, you know, when we all get to heaven, we're going to have a mansion. We won't be poor no more. He said, as he is, as he currently, right now, at this present moment, is, so are, not will be, so are we, where in this world right now. Praise God. We gotta get this, folks. We gotta, you know, the Oklahoma just came out in me, folks. I'm not even from Oklahoma. I just lived there for a while. But we gotta grasp this and we've got to get a hold of this. And it's not you're not gonna have it when we say amen at the end of this service. I assure you. But if you'll take what I've shared with you today and you will chew on this and you will chew on this and you will chew on this. This is why I recommend the book because these are truths that you can begin to grow in and begin to, begin to build down into your spirit. And one of these days there's, there's going to be a <gasps> moment. And you're going to get something that is going to revolutionize your life. Praise God. I wish you could have it by the end of this service. Praise God. But that's not going to happen. But if you will be diligent to get a hold. How did God heal your body? He put your sickness and disease and pain in here. How did God supply all of your needs? He put your poverty in here. How did God heal your marriage and your relationships? He put all of that chaos and junk and garbage in here. How did God give you great confidence in your life. He put all your insecurities in here. 
How did he give you peace? He put all your guilt and shame in here. Hallelujah. Praise God. Romans 6, verse 4. Therefore we were buried with him through baptism. I already read that. Sorry. Um, How about Romans 6, verse number 11? Likewise, you also reckon yourselves dead. Indeed, to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. That word reckon is the Greek word logizomai. And this word means, I I alluded to this earlier, but I'm going to give you the exact definition now. It says, Logizomai means to take an inventory, to estimate, and then to conclude. There's a conclusion to this thing. There's not a, this is not a let's pretend. This is not a let's play like it is. It's not, well, let's think of it like it is. No, this is a, this is a conclusion that we come to. Because we are in Christ. There is a conclusion that we come to. And the conclusion is, I have been joined to the Lord. Therefore, I am one spirit with him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I'd really like to just keep going on this. But you probably wouldn't like it. So, see, here's the deal. I was in Adam by default. Didn't have a choice about that. I was in him because I was born on this planet. I was in him because I was there in him in the Garden of Eden. I was in him... Because he was, the, he was the first. He was the patriarch of the, uh, of the human race. I was in him not by choice. And there was nothing I could do about it. And then Jesus came. And Jesus made a way for me to choose. And when, when our critics, critics of Christianity say, well, everybody's got to choose, they're exactly right. But you can't choose what you don't know unless you know your choices. That's why we preach. So, you know, well, that, that's just dumb. Why do people go to church and listen to a preacher preach? Because you can't choose what you don't know. Hallelujah. And furthermore, we come together as a community of believers because there's a whole world out there that don't know. We need to come together as a community to reach out to that world. Hallelujah. So they can know, so they can choose, so they can get out of Adam and into Christ. Hallelujah. Say with me. Say, say this with me right now. Say, out of Adam, out of Adam. Into, Christ. into Christ. 
that I have been joined to the Lord and I am one spirit with him. As he is, so am I in this world. Hallelujah. 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 I'm telling you, if you have never made the decision to get out of Adam right now, I don't wait another moment. Let's, let's get out of Adam and into Christ. How do you do that? If you believe what I've talked about today, I, I know you ha that you didn't get it. None of us have got it. We're getting it. But if you've got enough that you say, yeah, I want that. I choose that. I choose Jesus. I am making a choice. I know I was in Adam by default, but I want out of Adam and I want into Christ. And, and really, the only thing you have to do to get out of Adam and into Christ is believe it and verbally acknowledge what you believe. Hallelujah. So, you're already believing it in your heart. Maybe you're watching online. Maybe you're driving down the road in your car and you're listening. Uh, and you want out of Adam and into Christ. Just say this with me. Say, God in heaven, thank you for what you did in Christ to make it possible for me to get out of Adam and into Christ. I choose Jesus. I believe you raised him from the dead. And I believe you raised me up with him. And right now, I choose Jesus. I'm coming out of Adam. And I am immersing into Christ at this very moment. Thank you for saving me. From this day, begin to teach me what it means to be in Christ. Amen.